all you beautiful people. I hope you are having a great day. I am Lea and let's talk all things Formula One in and around the paddock and most importantly what is happening on the racetrack. Welcome or welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Formula One. There's so much to talk about this week on and off the track as the Qatar Grand Prix was pure chaos and 100% it will be part of future discussions concerning driver safety and the FIA rules. But first, let's get into all the news concerning the driver market and the paddock. The biggest news this week, Andretti's offer was approved by the FIA, so now the motorsport team Andretti Global just needs to have talks and the approval with the F1 teams, but Andretti will definitely be a Formula 1 team soon, maybe it will already happen in 2025 if the talks with the Formula 1 teams concerning the money and the commercial rights are successful, then there's nothing in the way of an 11th team joining the Formula 1 grid and many drivers like for example Lewis Hamilton have already spoken out in favor for an 11th team as they are saying that there will be new jobs with an 11th team and more action on the grid which many drivers would like and I think the fans would also benefit from this so I'm really excited to get another team on the grid. For those of you who don't know Andretti, Andretti Autosport or now Andretti Global is an iconic American motorsport team which has driven or is driving in almost any motorsport series around the world. So they aren't new to the racing world and they wanted to be part of Formula One for a long time. But just now as the FIA had opened up applications for an 11th team at the beginning of 2023, they had the chance to be successful with their dream. So now they just need to get the Formula One team's approval, which is the hardest hurdle in the process of becoming part of Formula One, but it's not impossible. Talking about the Formula One future, there are some news about future Formula One talents. First, we have Oli Berman. While he's one of the most famous and impressive current Formula Two drivers, who's also part of the Ferrari Drivers Academy, and he will drive his rookie laps in Formula One around Mexico and Abu Dhabi in the first free practice sessions for the Haas team. So a great opportunity for him to show his talent for the 2025 drivers market, where many current drivers will need new contracts and it would be the best moment for young talents to get a Formula One seat, like for example Oli Berman, Liam Lawson, Felipe Drogovic and Theo Pusher. Talking about Liam Lawson, Red Bull's Helmut Marko has kind of confirmed the contract clause with Liam Lawson, guaranteeing him a 2025 Formula One seat, most possibly in the Red Bull house, so either at Red Bull or at AlphaTauri. As Marko has said in an interview with a German magazine, that no matter what, Lawson will be sitting in a Formula One car in 2025, or at least he thinks so. But I think by now, with the impressive performance of Liam Lawson this year, as he's filling in for Daniel Ricciardo, Liam Lawson will definitely have a seat just not next year because there aren't really any openings so, so the Carpetar Grand Prix was the last one for Liam Lawson as Daniel Ricciardo will return for the United States Grand Prix next week so from now on and in 2024 he will be back in his reserve driver duties but in the future we will definitely see him in a full-time Formula One seat so that's one thing I can agree on with Helmut Marko which is a very rare occurrence. Now, talking about the Qatar Grand Prix, let's get into it. It's, there's so much to talk about. It was a sprint weekend, so after only one free practice session, we went into qualifying for Sunday. And it wasn't really ideal for the teams, as the circuit has been changed since the first Formula One race there in 2021. The layout was the same, but the track was completely resurfaced and the curbs were modified. So all the data the teams had from 2021 wasn't really useful for this year. So we already thought that we would see many different 
strategies and that was definitely the case. But the resurfaced track wasn't the biggest problem because in qualifying I had to look up whether we were in Austria or in Qatar as the FIA was deleting lap times for track limits right and left which led to two surprising Q2 exits as the Ferrari of Carlos Sainz only qualified in P11 and the Red Bull of Sergio Perez in P13 and McLaren also seemed to be on the back foot with Norris starting in P10 after his times were deleted and Oscar qualified in P3 but in his post-quali interview he was told his lap time has also been deleted due to track limits so he was on P6 on the grid with Max Verstappen on pole and the two Mercedes of George Russell and Lewis Hamilton behind him. Next to the lap times being deleted for track limits, there was also another topic everyone talked about after the qualifying in Qatar as there was a scandal or as there was a kind of scandal concerning Lance Stroll in Aston Martin. Lance Stroll was furious after he went out in Q1, but this doesn't justify what he has done after the qualifying, as when he got out of his seat in the garage, he threw his expensive steering wheel out of the car. That's the first point. And then secondly, in the garage, he was so aggressive, he was pushing his personal trainer around when he talked to him. And in his interview, he still seemed very aggressive, using curse words, and giving one word answers and it's really just unacceptable of the driver first of all i do think that Lance stroll has the fire to drive in formula one although many people are hating on him for Lance stroll being the team owner of aston martin but getting out in q1 really has been a normal occurrence for Lance stroll in the last few in the last few races and over almost the whole season so i don't get it why he lost control so much that he even got violent as we could see on the camera and what's even worse is that there was no comment made afterwards by him explaining his actions or apologizing it was really really a poor performance and a poor picture of Lance Stroll on qualifying day and he really needs to get in line as drivers shouldn't react like that or treat their team like that because they really can't do anything about it and you should work together in hard times and not react like Lance Stroll did on Friday. Talking about the track, with all the track limit issues, the heat at the Lucille International Circuit and the high tire degradation, Pirelli was concerned about the tire life, which led to modifications to the track limits in turn 12 and 13 on the track after Friday's qualifying. And another practice session on Saturday before the sprint shootout was scheduled to gather more data about the tire lifespan. But seemingly all of this wasn't communicated with the drivers by the FIA. As Carlos Sainz revealed, the drivers saw the news about the alterations in the press and weren't informed officially by the FIA so there was no communication whatsoever which is really really poor from the FIA side and then we went into the sprint shootout which was also dominated by deleted lap times over track limits with again two surprises Hamilton went out on P12 and Max Verstappen wasn't on pole also due to track limits but we had a McLaren 1-2 with Oscar Piastri on his first ever Formula 1 pole he again was really extraordinary this weekend out qualifying Lando Norris who started in P2. The sprint race itself was pure chaos. Oscar started on pole, but Russell jumped to the front row into the first lap as the drivers with the soft tires like Russell or the Ferraris had a better start than the drivers out front on the medium tires like for example the McLarens or Max Verstappen. We weren't racing for long as Liam Lawson went into the gravel bringing out a safety car and we weren't even racing for another full lap again as another safety car was brought out by Logan Sargent also spinning into the gravel. 
All those safety cars benefited the tire life of the drivers on the soft tires, so Russell took the lead from Piastri on the restart and Lando Norris was also in the middle of the pack, but both McLarens fought their way back to the front after we had another safety car caused by a sandwich collision between Sergio Perez, Esteban Ocon and Nico Hülkenberg. In the end, Oscar Piastri retook the lead, Max Verstappen flew to the front with his rocket ship and Lando also came back to the podium places. But the most important thing for me, Oscar Piastri took his maiden win on Formula 1 ground. He won the sprint race with Max Verstappen in second and Lando Norris in third place. Again, a really impressive and extraordinary drive from Oscar winning the sprint. But his success was outshone by Max this Saturday. And I don't mean this negatively in any way, but Max was the star of the day. Because although he didn't win the sprint, he won the driver's championship by securing seven points in the sprint. No one can reach him now in the driver standings so with five remaining races he has achieved a hat trick winning three championships in a row and another double championship for red bull as they secured the constructors championship in suzuka last time out in japan already with all the chaos of five drivers retiring from the sprint race and the confusion about the tire regulations and track limits dictated by Pirelli and the FIA, we went into Sunday's race with a new rule concerning the tires as Pirelli feared the short lifespan of them because of the high degradation. With the new rules, three pit stops were mandatory as new tires weren't allowed to race for more than an 18 lap stint. Talking about the race, I think we need to talk about it in two parts. First, the results and what happened on the track. And second, but most importantly, what was revealed after the race by the drivers. Before we even went racing, it was confirmed that Carlos Sainz wouldn't start the race because of fuel leak on his car, making it unable to drive for him. And Paris needed to start in the pit lane after the mechanics had to change some parts on his car after his crash in the sprint race, which kind of took out the whole side pot of his car. As we could see in the post sprint show in Formula One TV, it really was a big crash for Sergio Perez again. It wasn't his first season, but we will talk about his performance later. The night race in Qatar followed the weekend's pattern and started chaotic as the two Mercedes drivers clashed on the first turn with Hamilton trying to overtake his teammate from the outside line. In the end, it resulted in him being out of the race and George Russell falling back to P17. With the crash and the safety car coming out, McLaren jumped to the front, same as Fernando Alonso and Charles Leclerc, who was the only Ferrari on the grid on Sunday. Russell began his fight back to the top as Haas with Hulkenberg could have had a better race with a point finish but Nico Hülkenberg received a 10 second penalty for starting from the wrong position on the grid because he drove into the place for P11 which was Carlos Sainz's place on the grid but he didn't start the race like I said before so Nico Hülkenberg drove into the wrong starting position resulting in a penalty for him. After Hamilton had to retire the car, Logan Sargent was the next one. He wasn't feeling well because of the heat and he already had flu symptoms earlier in the week. So he had to retire the car for his well-being. And I just loved how supportive Williams were on the radio, saying there's no shame in retiring for feeling unwell in such extreme conditions. And later we learned that... Logan Sargent wasn't the only driver struggling with them. With check limits being the main reason for penalties in the race, Lance Stroll and Pierre Gasly were out of the points as they continuously received 5 second penalties for track limits and with that the surprise of the day from the end of the Constructors' Championship were Alfa Romeo who now overtook Haas in the championship as Valtteri Bottas finished in P8 and Zhou Guanyu also finished in the points in P9 so really well done by them. 
out front again Max Verstappen in the Red Bull in the rocket ship had a smooth race with the two McLarens behind him Lando Norris thought he was the faster one and wanted to fight Oscar Piastri but he was told to stay put so Oscar Piastri came home second and Lando Norris was in third position a double podium for McLaren and the second podium in a row for Oscar Piastri also his second podium ever in his Formula One career he is really really impressive I can only repeat myself and McLaren also broke a world record with Lando Norris pit stop. It was 1.8 seconds, the fastest pit stop ever recorded in Formula 1 history. And that's really the only record that another team can take away from Red Bull this season. Talking about pit stops, a slow pit stop prone team. I'm talking about Ferrari. Who else had a smooth race with Leclerc? There was nothing crazy going on, no bigger problems. He came home in P5 behind George Russell in the Mercedes, who fought back like crazy after being P17 when crashing with Lewis Hamilton on the first lap. And Alonso in the Aston Martin was in P6 after running wide a couple times. And his former teammate Esteban Ocon was behind him in the Alpine in P7. And then we had the Alfa Romeos of Valtteri Bottas and Jorgen New, like I said, and in P10 getting one point, it was the Red Bull of Sergio Perez. One young driver who was very unlucky this time around was Liam Lawson. It def I think it definitely left a bitter taste for him before Daniel Ricciardo gets the car back in, in the United States next time out. Lawson was only P17 after being out in Q1 and retiring from the sprint race. But nevertheless, in all the races he drove, he was so impressive and he has left his mark. So he definitely should not think too much about this race because as a rookie who has never driven in a Formula One car before, Who has, never who has never driven a Formula One Grand Prix, he has done an outstanding job filling in for Daniel Ricciardo. And he definitely deserves the full-time Formula One seat. Staying in the Red Bull house, let's talk about Sergio Perez. Again, he had a weekend to forget after his crash in the sprint and the race start from the pit lane. He was, like I said, in P10 with many penalties for track limits. He is trying to hold on to second place in the Drivers' Championship, but the air is getting thinner for him as now even Christian Horner, the team principal of Red Bull, is scolding him publicly, saying they need to talk to him about finding his form again. I think this is really interesting because before... It was only Helmut Marko who was very critical of him in the media and Christian Horner always made sure to have Sergio Perez back in the press. Now the tone is changing so again I feel like I'm repeating myself every week. I don't think his seat is secure in Red Bull for 2024 although he has the contract. Now, before I end this episode, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. The heat and the driver's health conditions after the race. Lando Norris revealed that after the race, some drivers fainted in the medical center because of the heat and we already had Logan Sargent retiring from the race because of this and I just want to talk about the different driver statements made after the race concerning the conditions they drove in. I think Leclerc was the one driver to describe really well all the different problems the drivers had in the desert of Qatar. So first of all, I'm going to quote himself to just get an overview of what was wrong with the Qatar Grand Prix. It's the dehydration that is so bad. You lose so much water, your vision gets really bad towards the end of the race and the reflexes are also so much worse. 
I think this statement just summarizes all the problems and talking about the reflexes, how bad they really were, was shown by a comment Lance Stroll made after the race. He said, I was passing out in the car and they painted the curbs and made the track narrower so we can't even feel the curbs. You're just trying to see it. But the problem is you can't see where you're going because you're passing out. I was fully fading out. It was with 20 laps to go when my condition started to worsen. And there's even a video from him from his onboard camera where we can see his head going left and right in the corner. So it definitely seems like he was fully passed out and it really just is unacceptable to have drivers drive in such conditions. Valtteri Bottas also described the race as torture and George Russell said, and I'm quoting, I felt sick. I thought at one point I was gonna faint. People who go to the sauna, once they reach the limit, they want to go out. Your body can't cope anymore. That's how I felt from maybe around lap 20. My body was tingling. He said lap 20. We drove for 57 laps. And the list goes on and on. Alex Albon couldn't get out of his car by himself because of the heat exposure. Fernando Alonso in the Aston Martin also revealed that he has semi-burns on his right-hand side back because his seat was heating up so much that it was burning his skin and he wasn't allowed to get any water thrown at him in a pit stop to cool himself and the seat down and the podium sitters in the cold cool down room with Max Verstappen and Oscar Piastri also needed to lay down and couldn't really stand up straight for their interviews. It's just really really crazy what happened at the Qatar Grand Prix yesterday that the drivers had to drive in such conditions in such a heat in the Qatar desert I don't really know what the FIA or Formula One is thinking of letting drivers out on the track in such conditions. And one driver out of all those drivers who have driven in these conditions saying that it was the most difficult race in their career is Esteban Ocon. He drove into P7 in the Alpine so it seemed like a good race for him but after the race he revealed that in lap 15 or 16 he threw up two times into his helmet and he drove on. He said that he just focused on his mentality. He wanted to race, he wanted to finish the Grand Prix but he was throwing up so chapeau mental strength and i really just hope that all the drivers will feel better and that they won't never ever again have to race in such conditions it really is just unacceptable it feels like the pirelli tires this week received more care than the human beings than the drivers as the fia was throwing out penalties for track limits and making up new rules for the tires as the, as the rubber couldn't survive long in the heat but the drivers the humans were going through hell this really needs to have consequences because Formula One isn't only entertainment. We have human beings driving the car and letting them drive in these conditions. It's just inhumane. I don't understand why the FIA is focusing on penalties concerning track limits or the driving on the track when they really should stand up for the driver's health conditions. And I'm really, really happy that the drivers are speaking out for themselves to get a change because the FIA seems to be just so irresponsible right now, not supporting the drivers but exposing them to such conditions and yes next year Qatar will be in November where seemingly or allegedly it will be colder but it really just doesn't make sense to drive in the desert or in regions like this when the drivers the teams in the garages and in the paddock can't really survive because it's just so hot I think Fred Vosseur said himself that he on the pit wall was feeling like a fried kebab and he's just sitting down and I think this just says everything about the conditions and, and why the Formula One drivers shouldn't drive in conditions like these and I really don't understand 
why we need to talk about that. It's inhumane, don't do it. And I just really, really hope that the things that happened yesterday at the Qatar Grand Prix won't repeat themselves ever again because the drivers do have their risks driving in Formula One, but the heat exposure we had in Qatar right now, it is avoidable. So, so I really hope that the Formula One will listen and changes will be made because otherwise it's not enjoyable to watch those races. <laughs> Now, everyone has almost two weeks off to calm down and relax a little with no race this week. And then we are going to America to the United States Grand Prix where Daniel Ricciardo will make his return in the AlphaTauri. And with Red Bull and Max Verstappen having secured the championship, the other teams are fighting for the best of the rest. And Hamilton is trying to get Sergio Perez in the driver standings while the Mexican has to search for his form in the last five races of the season to really secure his seat in Red Bull for 2020. I'm really excited for the last five races of the season. I can't really understand that we that already a year has went by and we are at the end of the season. Talking about endings, I'm gonna end this episode right now. Thank you for being here and listening. If you enjoyed your time, please follow Lea's Tiny Mike on your favorite podcast platform and on TikTok for more news and stories. And then I will hear you next week for a new episode of Let's Talk Formula One. I hope you have a great time until then. Bye bye. Oh, 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 oh,